All right. We are episode 32. All right. Right? Yeah. Feeling good about ourselves. Episode 32. And today we have my friend Tony Moser, who is a filmmaker, comedian, and from my hometown, Kennewick, Washington. Nice. So I'm excited to talk to him. And he's got a documentary that he is uh, working on. I believe it's almost complete. And he has a um, Kickstarter going for it. So we'll talk more about that. And the documentary is based around the punk rock scene that came out of the Tri-Cities. So I'm kind of excited to ask him more about that. Yeah, it sounds really Considering cool. Considering I grew up there. Yeah, I took a quick look <laughs> at it. So I'm interested to can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, it'll be really fun. So episode 32, welcome one, welcome all. All right. Welcome everyone to the Between You and I podcast. This is episode 32. And we have my friend Tony Moser on. And we were just talking about um, all the things you do, um, but the we were super excited too to talk about your documentary that you're doing yes called the all ages doc right about the tri-cities punk rock scene uh all ages and show so, yeah all ages show, all ages okay. show. the, the website is all ages because all ages show is already taken oh oh got it i oh, got yeah. it got it well i like them both that's really yeah. good <laughs> so we'll go with both of them we'll go with both of them but you know what i also know um haven't you done a stint in comedy as well? Yeah, or I did stand up for about yeah, I did stand up for about 10, 12 years. I don't do it anymore. It kind of last time I did it was about three years ago. I hosted and um I don't know. It was I did well like one night, but I still just kind of the passion for it was kind of gone. I kind of There you go. Did it. And I kind of bore myself when I start telling my jokes. So <laughs> those are the best. Well, that's jokes. no good. Yeah. That's no good. Yeah that's no good also because i think that genre of art is really hard yeah i mean i don't know how i'm fascinated by comedy i would never do it but um just the way you have to perfect your art form by getting up and bombing like just as a regular just to work out material i was like oh that's rough man well, there's different there's different levels of, of bombing. There's, you know, you're first starting out and you might get a couple laughs and that's not bombing at that point. But then there's other times where you're on the road and like Tuesday, you'll just kill it. And you're like, I could do this forever. Wednesday, wow. the exact same show, same jokes and just bomb terribly. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is awful. <laughs> And then the next night you do well again, then you forget about the bad show. So sometimes it's you, sometimes it's the crowd. Some, and there's there's times where I, I played a show in Montana where I was doing pretty well. And I just, I did horrible that night. I thought, okay, just, I must be having an off night. And the headliner, um, this was 2006. The headliner's opening joke was, he was doing an impression of Forrest Pimp. And it was a Forrest Gump impression 20 some years later and killed. Oh, geez. Like just destroyed what? the room. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't feel so bad after that. <laughs> I mean, well, there a, you go. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. How, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you survived that. Well, it feels a little bit like being in a band yeah. because you're like, wow, I'm huge in my neighborhood. And then I go outside and there's either no one's there or it's right. crickets or it doesn't matter. 
it just doesn't seem to matter and no one's responding. Right. Like that's just mm-hmm. brutal all the way around, but you're up there alone. Yeah. You're, you're not in a band about it because I'm sure it's the same with like music where you're up there and you might see like the first row or two, but other than that, it's just black. Mm. And right. it's so it's bizarre because stand up comedians and musicians, and I'm also friends with ex professional wrestlers. It's all the same story. You know, different, but everything else is the exact same story, you know, so it's pretty fascinating. Just that life on the road um, gig is, is, you know, it's the same heartbreak and going to jail and disappointing your parents, you know, the usual (laughs) stuff. A good time. All the things you signed up for. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know. All the things you love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't know how people do it. I don't. That would be a very lonely to me. It, I, I feel like it takes a certain breed, you know what I mean? Someone who right. can lock in like in a, to just have whatever, um, in order to persevere through that. Right. Well, a lot of times too, you have I don't, to, uh, yeah. if you're, if you're the opener, you have to do 30 minutes. If you're the headliner, 45 to an hour. And if you don't do that time, you don't get paid sometimes. And so on these, wow. road gigs, you're basically paying almost to do these shows because you're not making any money. So you need that money for gas to get the next show. So you could be just oh my gosh, one show in Montana at the Sawbuck Saloon, gorgeous place. Yeah, uh, I was just bombing for like thirty minutes, but I just had to like I was just on autopilot pilot at that point. You know, I was so bad that people bought me beers because they felt bad for me. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. So at least I got oh that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know it's rough too when you're trying to make the best of the scenario. Like, well, I totally bombed. That was awful, soul crushing. But somebody bought me a beer. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yay. I can relate to that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, totally drove all the way across the country, played to the sound guy. Um, but we got a good meal out of it. We had some crab. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a sandwich out of the deal. So, so we're good. Yeah, you know. But even like that's exhausting. Just trying to shoot for like the silver lining. Like right. that's that's. I don't know. That's a commitment. I can relate. I can relate at least through music having um, somewhat similar perseverance stories or just, I don't know, just sometimes it's really hard. So. Well, like in, in LA, and, a friend of mine was like, you don't play a coffee shop. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So went to this coffee shop and we're outside waiting and they're um, they have caution tape in the parking lot, like around the parking um, <laughs> parking spots. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, no, this is, this is where we're playing our show. So it's on the oh sidewalk. Oh my god! And there's like ambulances going by, oh. and then there's some homeless guy in front of me, which I don't know where he's from because he's heckling me in some language. Yes. And so it's just like I think that was kind of the start of the end of like you know I I'm not trying to prove anything anymore. I I got to LA. Right. That's was my main focus for doing stand up was to get to LA. So you, you know, did it. I did it. You did it. You tried it. You were there. Yep. <laughs> you got to well, and then. Yeah. Free caution tape. Yeah. I say bravo to you. Yeah. Well, then you made you've made a pivot though. Um I and I, I you and I've worked together because mm-hmm. you've done uh, videos for my music which I love. Um want to do more which will I think will be really fun. But you also um uh now we're getting into a documentary but but how long have you been well, I guess I should back up. When did you decide like oh maybe I'll try film or I like film um and I'm going to head in this direction. Like, what's your background story? That was my that was my 
first thing I ever wanted to do since a kid. I wanted to direct movies. Oh, and that's why I got into stand-up because someone told me, he's like, well, get into stand-up because you can meet some comics and somehow work your way down to L.A. And so that's what I did. I was just going to be a writer for comics. But after I got into stand-up, I'm like, that'd be a horrible idea because everybody kind of writes their own stuff. But, um, but yeah, I got down there and then I got a job um, – as a video editor, assistant editor, and then video editor for behind the scenes uh, on movies. So like DVDs. Especially okay. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. so I was laid off from a print job for about a year. And a friend of mine's like, Hey, this assistant editing job's opening. It pays this much money. It's, it's on this uh, system called an avid, which I'd never used before. And he's like, can you do it? And like, absolutely. And so I just kind of <laughs> dove head first into it. And yeah. it was I've used Avid. So thankfully the learning curve is yeah. really shallow. It's easy to just pick up all the yeah, exactly. key commands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I just dove into that. And um, I really liked editing. That's what I'm doing now. And, and uh, while I was down in LA is when I came up with this idea for, for the music documentary. Nice. Yeah. Well, tell us all about that. I mean, I've talked to you about it, but um, yeah, give us the whole background on the documentary. It it's kind really of cool. started actually... Um, when I was down in LA, I saw, you did something, I can't remember what it was. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that she's from Tri-Cities. And, mm-hmm. and then I saw a poster, um, cause there's a, there's a website out there with all the, the flyers from back in the day. And one of them is, um, it says Scream and Diddly Squat and Scream mm-hmm. is Dave Grohl's old band and Diddly Squat, you know, Nate from Foo Fighters and your brothers in, was Diddly Squat. Mm-hmm. And they played a show together in like some crappy warehouse in Richland or whatever in like 87. And I just thought that was so cool that just the two of the Foo Fighters played this show back in the day. Nobody had any idea what you know come about. And then there's like, well, Carrie's from Trace Cities. I was like, oh yeah, then there's small. Then the more I dove into it, like there's so much amazing musicians that come out of Trace Cities. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of, I just had that in the back of my head because eventually I wanted to move back to Washington State, and so I was like, well, when I get back, I'll, I'll work on that. I'm sure I can get Carrie to get inter- I can interview Carrie and then interview the new, track down somehow all these old guys from our scene, and um, and so anyway, I, I finally got back to Trace Cities, and I always like to have a big project every year just so I don't get bored, and um, so I decided to do this and. I didn't think anybody was interested in it, but everybody's been interested. So basically yeah. it's, 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 um, early nineties, uh, music scene in Trice cities was just happening while, while Seattle was kind of exploding. Eastern Washington was, was exploding too in its own scene. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know how did we get to that? Like what came before our scene in the nineties, oh, yeah. what came after? And then what it kind of morphed into is like, with the internet and everything's so saturated, anybody can get on YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Everything's so saturated. Will there ever be a scene again anywhere? Hmm. Yeah. Because it's so like a uh, short attention span theater where it's, right, right. you know, everybody's just next, next. They won't listen to a whole album. They'll listen to half a song and then move on to the next one. And you know, right. so that's kind of the, the basic rundown of the of documentary. Interesting. Well, there's, there's so much about a scene that is about being together you know, like mm-hmm. bands or people, like it's a group when you're in a scene. I was thinking about not only the Tri-Cities or, but, you know, Seattle, those days, I was like, well, you, you were all in it together mm-hmm. and you were 
doing things together, putting things like shows, you know, together and asking each other to play. And um, and the Tri-Cities being Eastern Washington State is is similar in that there isn't I mean, it didn't have an infrastructure there. Right. Like yeah. it's a pretty conservative, you know, the wet, the east side of the state's red mm-hmm. <laughs> not maybe not yourself but um right. pretty red and conservative and tri-cities um wasn't that big i mean at least when i was growing up there it was like thirty-five thousand each city right now it's right crazy it's big like right hundred thousand or something like that yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah um so you had to be really scrappy you know it just reminds me of a lot of like the uh, you know, like the punk rock movies, like Suburbia and mm-hmm. Repo Man, you know what I mean? Like just disenfranchised kids from the burbs who are pissed and bored. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like there was quite a bit of that going on in the Tri-Cities. I mean, understandably, like it makes sense if you're right. creative or if you just want anything more and it's not there or it's anti, somebody's going to start creating something somewhere like it's the match that you right. know gets lit. Just like and I feel like that de- exactly. the Tri Cities had that. Yeah, just like Footloose. <laughs> yeah, exactly like Footloose. I actually was going to dancing call it was forbidden. Too, but... <laughs> <Two>? <laughs> yeah, but there might be some issues. Somebody yeah, some might issues. take issue with you. Yeah, my lawyer. Yeah, aren't that great. <laughs> but yeah, like I would hear well, stories of uh, like I don't know if you know Sean Hader, but uh, he would talk about yeah. when he had like a skater haircut, like barely a skater haircut. And he would get right. beat up randomly by just somebody pulling over by jocks. Oh. And you look different. Yeah. I'm going to beat you up now. You know, that's how it kind of was. Yeah. Like. Well, I remember. So in Kennewick, it was like, you know, Mike, my brother, but even like in high school, mm-hmm. it was like Tony Ross, uh, Phil, Say- like there's a, there's a few people in my uh, age who also were just skaters punks or whatever and you're right like you could just look like a surfer kid and there would be like the specific policeman we had a a policeman at the high school like a narc right like mm-hmm. who would then moonlight on the weekend you know mm-hmm. or i don't know i shouldn't know the story but manny would have it out for those guys you know like and i remember an evening where i was with a couple of them got pulled over and all he wanted was the guys Mm-hmm. like get out of the car you're free to go it was really creepy it was really creepy um and i don't know if they were just like i was trying to think of like what exactly crime do these kids do other than tearing up golf courses <laughs> right well there i was, mean those stories i think your brother told me where they would get beat up by jocks and the police would come and they let the jocks go and then they'd give like your brother and, and that group a hard time you know, because the, yeah. the kid that was the jock, his dad was like the sheriff or, or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it was that kind of. Right. Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt like that. You know, it's you know what I find interesting is what you said, like fascinating who's come out of that town, mm-hmm. but also just other people have just um, either spent time there and Seattle, like Mario Diaz, who mm-hmm. is much more. um new wave or goth at the time but i remember him and his family would be in the tri-cities i remember going to some high school dance and he would be full like robert smith hair a skirt nails um and he and myself and my friend Jana um kind of all liked the similar style and i remember they all came over to my house it was the only time i ever saw my mom go be like oh my what the hell like (laughs) (laughs) but going to the dance and yeah having friends that i've grown up with who were jocks like threatening to beat up a friend. And it just felt that too also felt like boredom. 
Right. It made it made no sense to me. I'm like, why? Like, do you actually have nothing better to do? Because I knew these guys and I was like, do you have nothing better to do? And I was like, oh, you, I don't think you do, actually. Yeah. So you're bored and you're taking it in the wrong direction. Right. But well, it's because we didn't. Yeah, have there's definitely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All the distractions. So get taken mm-hmm. out like the All the distractions. Kid, we used to. We used to hide in the ditch during the winter and make snowballs and throw my cars. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? if someone did that to me, I'd be so mad. Oh, I remember being, and you'd get them on your phone and film them. For doing <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, what is your favorite part? You know, what have you loved about making the documentary? Do you have any favorite, like, interviews or part of it? Yeah, it's um, – yeah, there's – there's. I love that it started off as, as this – and it's become mm-hmm. this, you know, where yeah. um, it's a lot bigger than than I planned it to be. Like, Got I just it. wanted it to be story A, B, and C. And now there's like story T and W, all these other <laughs> things that you don't even think about that that can relate to anybody, not just Tri-Cities people, which is my, my main thing. But it's cool to mm-hmm. get to know the bands and also to interview younger, either like bands or hip hop artists or whatever that we have here. It's just cool to see that great musicians are still being produced here for whatever reason, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but I love hearing the stories that I didn't like. I didn't know anything about Diddley Squad um, before mm-hmm. interviewing. I knew the poster, but um, hearing how basically they kind of were the spark to let's do our own shows. Let's write our own songs, mm-hmm. because before that was like cover bands and what kind of ruined them was the karaoke came in. That's a whole other yes. thing oh I want to do for something else. Yes. But, that could be the next um, documentary maybe. Yeah. I think that'd be the next documentary. <laughs> it was pretty fascinating to hear like, you know, these bands that was, that was their income where they'd get paid, let's say a thousand dollars or something. And then they can hire a karaoke DJ for a hundred dollars. It's like, why do I need a band when I can, they don't care if the people yeah. sing good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was a cool um, story because I didn't I didn't even know about that. But it was just kind of cool, cool for me because I like nostalgia. So it kind of brought me right back to, you know, the early 90s is when I was in high school. So just remembering what was going on. It's just like music, like music is like a time machine. Like you, you hear a certain song, it brings you right back to first time you heard that song mm-hmm. and what you're yeah. doing. You know, like I remember a guy at work played uh, was playing Van Halen's 5150. And just in a split second, it brought me right back to cruising down Clearwater with my stepsister. And I had my Walkman on and we were going to 7-Eleven to get nachos, you know, (laughs) just just really cool. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know. There's so many like cool things where there's so much stuff I'm going to have to cut out just because I need to cut it down to like an hour and a half. And I have like 20 hours worth of stuff. Wow. But I don't want to lose all the other stuff. So I'm going to turn those into little web series. You know, like just the spotlight on the hip hop in Tri Cities from our era to now, because I didn't know there was a hip hop scene in the early '90s, but there was. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. really cool. Like so, all that, yeah. at least getting all that information out there so we can all, you know, take take it. And right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to, and you kind of mentioned it before, of, of having more women, which I never even didn't even cross my mind the second trailer, and it wasn't like a gender <laughs> thing. It was just like just trying to find sound bites. And then someone else mentioned that too. I was like, man, I didn't even think about that. So mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have, find more of that, of like just a web series of just, you know, women in that era. And now like, because there's not a lot of it still for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And there's other things that, you know, come other art pieces like fanzines, you know, right. like I, you know, in the 83, 84, like oh, that was what my friends were into is creating their own fanzines. And what, what I really love about your documentary and things like this is it's just such a great reminder and example of a time that was very DIY, right? Like, and, and mm -hmm. that you could within your own grasp, like make your own stuff and, and it felt special, you know what right. I mean? Like it, if, and it felt like it was capable of creating something or connecting people, um, helping people feel a part of something on, on a, closer to you scale right mm -hmm. like now like we're saying with the internet and everything it's like there's so much stuff out there yes we can connect in 18 million different ways but there's there's something very different about a, a small cozy scene you mm -hmm. know the, uh, with tools that make you feel empowered not drowning right right like we may have the internet and all these abilities to like record video you know have a channel all this kind of stuff but it still kind of feels like you're drowning and insignificant no matter how much you create right, right? which right. is just a terrible feeling yeah. so i really appreciate like these examples of that time period where people had could empower themselves to create something that then deeply meant something to other people in terms of like, look what we made, look at what we created, mm -hmm. look what that then did for the rest, you know, a bunch of our friends. And um, you, you can feel like you are closer to your own work, right. um, which is just a good feeling. Well, the other, the other cool thing um, I agree um, is the differences. Like back in our day, we, we pass out flyers and now they kind of do that, but it's all social media. And if you just walk up to people right. and give them flyers or they'd be like, what is this? Why are you giving right. this piece of paper? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's the one cool thing that's that's stayed the same is no matter what a person is in, in high school or outside of the show, be the weirdest goth kid or whatever, wear a dress, doesn't matter. Inside the show, everybody's safe. It's like a safe yes. place. And you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, which is cool. And it's funny to hear some people is like, yeah, we'd have jocks come in be totally cool at the show and then beat me up on Monday morning at school. But in the, yeah. the show, they were cool. So it was always to this day is still a safe place for everybody, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I remember that even with some of the basement concerts I went to back in that time period and like you'd go and there'd just be right. this huge mix of people that normally would not get right. along, but everybody's there for the, the music and the beer, you know, and everybody, right. For that moment, right. we're all together. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I think that's something that's cool. That's, that's stayed consistent, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, I don't appreciate the lack of courage outside of the room. But... No, no. <laughs> For sure. I'd rather people yeah. didn't get beat up on Monday, but it yeah. shows how, how um, powerful, I guess, music and a music scene is when you can, the kid you thought was some weird weirdo whatever because mm -hmm. he wears i don't know nail polish for because he wants to mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. on saturday it's it's okay because you're focusing on monday or focusing on the, the show you know but yeah 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 well it's interesting how it will like you said create a safe place for someone to open up their mind right mm -hmm. or isn't it great that it's a place someone feels there won't be judgment right, right. and and how much people need that really yeah. 
if they really, really will say it and be truthful, it's like everyone should live in spaces where you're not being judged, right. you know, and, and allowed to completely be yourself, whatever that may be, and that right. that's okay. I mean, I guess I find it sad that then outside of that, our culture in some areas is not promoting that, right? Right. In a lot of areas. And so it's just sad. You know what was cool is, um, and I don't know if this was the way it is when we were in high school, but I remember there was this this unwritten rule. Like I was always into metal, rock and metal. And because of that, you couldn't listen to hip hop for whatever reason. It was just a rule. Even though we all bought the chronic, we all like secretly <laughs> like these. Like my my when my right my wife and I go on our road trips, she's not gonna listen to Slayer, of course, but so we compromise. <laughs> and my my guilty pleasure is like uh 90s hip hop or like late eighties, early nineties hip hop and pop, like rock set or something. Uh-huh. But, but I saw one kid I interviewed who's in a band, like a rock band now, you know, he's sporting an ice uh, ice cube shirt. So like it's cool that that rule, whatever it is, is gone. Where it's okay yeah. to like Slayer and Lady Gaga if you want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh right. Yeah, it's cool to like build yeah. Back all those in our day, you and... couldn't say yeah. right. That's amazing though that at that time that people would hold such a rule so strictly on themselves. Right. You know, it's so much about being a part of a tribe and you don't step outside of the tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people. You know, and folks need for safety, right? Emotional right. safety, right. like, so that you, I'm fascinated by that stuff. I'm just fascinated yeah. by group think and, um, for sure. I remember things like, like that back in the early 90s. I loved metal. I was in a lot of the bands, but I also liked mm-hmm. classical guitar. And I was always scared to tell mm-hmm. my friends that I like classical right. guitar until I met a guitarist friend <laughs> and we both hit it off. It's like, oh, right. you like this guy? You like Michael Hedges too? And we were all, it's like, this is great. It's like, right. We like all the same <laughs> well, weird bands. Like, it wasn't so much. Like, I was afraid to get beat up. Like, you don't want to be back then, you don't want to be called a poser. Like, oh, you don't really like oh. you, you bought the new Dr. Dre. or yeah. And, like, everybody had the uh, Michael Jackson's thriller. I know Michael Jackson's not a favorite right now because of stuff coming out. But his, yeah. his music's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Everybody had thriller, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, isn't it funny? And so, so um, I don't know, like... I can't tell if it's tri cities or any small town too, where, why would you have that limit on someone? Why would music be such a threat? If you decide that you liked another type of music, you know, like to me, that reminds me of, and I'm just going to say tri cities cause that's where I grew up. Right. But like, I remember like unnecessary rules, you know, like unnecessary small rules, you know, that were just fear-based like it never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like who cares? Exactly. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Why is this supposed to define me so hard? Like what? Right. What's going like, to happen this, if I like hip hop? You a horrible person now cuz you're mixing genres. Yeah. <laughs> or do you think all hell's going to break loose if somebody likes more than one kind of music or uh, to me I feel like it forces people in a circle to have to think right mm-hmm. like and maybe that makes people really nervous like if you go out on a limb then i'm gonna have to go out on a limb and i'm emotionally not prepared to do that right, right. like people who are get afraid they'll lock down fast i mm-hmm. um i sort of think about those things too it's like when someone does something outside of the circle pe- you know people's angry reaction is more about like the fact that they don't want to be challenged because they're not, they're like, I'm not capable of, of right. being ready to change yet. And you're starting to F with that. 
<laughs> I think it's I think it's a fear of failing too. Like they haven't failed enough. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the things that stand up taught me is once you fail in front of like two or three hundred people and you have to stay there failing or you don't get paid. Like oh my god. Failing isn't failing is a wonderful thing, I think. So oh, yeah. It's a good skill. Tony, sure. that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, that you should call that your superpower because I mean, and all jokes aside, right. But I mean, but you're so right. Like getting used to failing because your art form was going to probably have some of it going on is that's an amazing thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like getting used to it because you're still here. You survived. (laughs) That's why like, um, like, especially with this, this documentary, like asking people to do stuff. And I, and I asked um, Nate if he would do it. And my thought was like, worst case scenario, he just says no. Like I've been told no mm-hmm. lots of times. Didn't didn't wreck me. So yeah, just ask. Yeah, you know, you'd be amazed what what people will say when you ask. Oh yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, and look at you now. You have mm-hmm. like this full documentary. I think it's amazing. And I, have, and I have two guitars behind me. So yeah. I'm too guitar rich. <laughs> now, why have you have you always had those guitars, or no, is it you got this, those? Cause <laughs> this is my office, my because we just moved into our new house. This uh-huh. is my office, and we we still got to paint in here, and I'm just trying to make things like it. I did one Zoom call interview about <laughs> three weeks ago, and I just had crap everywhere, and I didn't realize how <laughs> terrible it looked. But I had I put those up a couple days ago. The, uh, yeah. the blur filter is helpful here. Mm-hmm. It's a, don't, yeah. don't mind this stuff. Don't mind the mess over the yeah. But now this Tony, <laughs> when you interview, they're like, "Oh man, he plays music. That's fascinating. Yeah, Look at him. What, what can't he do? What can't he do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, you got me thinking too about growing up in the Tri Cities in the mm-hmm. high school. So I graduated in '85, and the group I hung out with. I mean, I often I. One, I often drifted through people, different kinds mm-hmm. of people, because I'm very curious about people. So I might hang out with people who are just into metal for a little while and then right. hang out over here. And But a core group of people, it, we all had similarly loved like New Wave, you know, punk mm-hmm. rock or New Wave. Um, and that seemed to cross because New Wave can head into pop at the time right. real easy. It seemed to have a wider spread a bit um, than than other things you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and so but i really enjoyed at that time again such a special time without the internet (laughs) of discovering music like my Mm -hmm. my stepsister kaya used to was a dj at um washington state university and she would send me and this is just dating me all over the place (laughs) she would send me mixtapes like cassettes of new music so it would have like oingo boingo on it or missing persons or in excess at the time very new and just the fun of discovering new music and, you know, MTV played a huge right. also access role and all of that. But just getting to have that specialness moment, like right. I really am grateful that I got to come up with music and have discovery that felt special. Um, I really again, I really appreciate that. But, you know, and now with there's so much out there, I don't know. I know people get that and they make their own um they have their own favorite spots and artists and things like that um but i just really appreciate that time Mm -hmm. i just wonder if um because i had i remember i remember the first time i heard poison and first time i heard uh (laughs) def leopard and they were introduced by two different people the first one was some kid that that lived next to my dad in his condo in wenatchee 
And then, but the second was my a friend of mine lived across the street. And he's like, hey, have you seen this band Poison? So he gives me a tape. I'm like, these chicks look like dudes. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, those are guys. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we listened to it. I was like, oh, that's because I had two older stepsisters that loved like Motley Crue and Ozzy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I was right in that butt rock metal mix at a young age. Like my first band, my first record was Kiss Alive 2. And oh, so I just wow. wanted to be Gene Simmons when I was like five. You know? <laughs> so I was right in that mix. But You could still be him, Tony. Don't worry. I could. I could. <laughs> Um, I was I was Richard Gene Simmons for Halloween a couple of years ago. So. Oh, that's so formal. I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but I don't know, like today with do kids have somebody that like, you know, you go to your friend's house like, oh, you got to check out this band or do they already know that because the Internet mm. you can just which is a good thing. You can find new music that you're not going to hear on the radio or whatever. It's like a um, I don't know. Double yeah. sword. I think it's yeah. easier to share because at least yeah. that's been my experience like with my daughter although she's old now but like at the time just like being able to say like here's a youtube video of this musician right. check it out you're like oh, okay cool i'll watch it you know i'm sure they were doing that with their friends too right. now it's just you can send somebody a spotify playlist you don't even yeah like here everybody check out this cool right. stuff <laughs> right right yeah i don't think sharing has ended in any yeah, fashion no, no. oh my god when you said def leppard though i would say there's definitely a five bands that are just my tri-cities memories too like there, mm. there's like this side and then yeah. there's like new wave yeah. and there's Def Leppard, Scorpions, Van Halen, ACDC, and who else? Who am I missing? Probably There's like one more. Snake had to be. Yeah. Maybe like Autograph. Nah, yeah. Rail. Maybe Rail. Yeah. <laughs> Rail? Because they were local, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, literally, that's what I grew up on is, mm-hmm. yeah, all any Kager had those <laughs> that, that music going on or the boat races right. or what have you. Um and then, yeah, and so just, again, like a town like that breeds, for some people, a real drive to find something else, something right. new. I mean, you have an adventurer's mind or you don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. <clears throat> and not not just respecting anybody else's lifestyle at all, but like, I mean, I just was born someone who's like, oh, I knew I was like, oh, yeah, one day I'm out. Like, mm-hmm. because I just want to see the world. I'm fascinated. I'm curious. That's just what I want to do. But I know plenty of people who've stayed um, and raised families there and are super happy and they have wonderful right. lives. So right. I guess it just depends what your passion is. Like I, yeah, I always felt like I just wanted to get, I want to hurry up and get out of high school and kind of, I don't, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. what it was yet, but I need to find something and it, this isn't it. And so I was just trying a hundred different things and again, failing at all of them. And <laughs> like a champ. Like a champ. You know, That's way to learn. Broke all the time. You know, <laughs> I tried to sell my jeans once in, in Seattle because I was broke and was starving and they wouldn't oh. take them. Oh. What? Yeah, they wouldn't take my jeans. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And were you well, what kind them? of jeans were they? Yeah. <laughs> Just Levi's. They were actually in good shape, too. I'm like, oh. It was, cool. wasn't hip enough. It wasn't, no. it, it wasn't hipster enough. No, yeah. it was right on Aurora. But, oh well that's nice that's just that's, a lot of yeah. things could have gone down yeah, there tony lovely, <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely place. aurora is definitely known for its hipness so oh, yeah it's too bad well you could have sold other things on aurora too <laughs> yeah, but, you know. know you know i found that out after, questionably yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still an option maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. that's my plan b well tell us about the kickstarter for the doc for your documentary yeah um 
I got approached by this this company called Craft Services, which they worked on like the last blockbuster and they worked on a couple of their music documentaries and they they specialize in that. And they're asking if I ever wanted to do a Kickstarter. And I don't really know much. I know what Kickstarter is, obviously, but I've never done it. And I thought, well, I think I'm okay. He's like, well, there's actually a lot of things you can do and, and you know, you can get merch out to people and this and that, make a you know cool experience. So so we're trying to raise we, – we passed our goal. But we're trying to get up to 10000 so we can get um, a feature made and uh, a band playing. And we have the, the premiere party catered and all these cool little prizes that are attached cool. to it. So, But I always feel weird asking people. It's like asking your friends for money. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, literally, hey, yeah. hey yeah. you're an artist yeah. so right. yeah it's, it's part of like, the job these days yeah, yeah it's like putting trust that they they support and so far everybody's been really supportive and, and down yeah. for helping out so i think that's exciting well and you yeah. had mentioned to me that you are, are you, you're going to submit also the film to festivals and things like that festivals and the ultimate goal is i got to figure out how to do it is uh get it on netflix because yeah. there used to be a company called Distributor that you pay X amount of money to go to Netflix, iTunes, etc. Oh. But that company's not around anymore. And so, but I'm sure there's got to be another company out there that, that does the same thing. Because mm-hmm. with bands, you can pay like CD Baby or TuneCore or whatever. Right. You've got to, it's basically that for, for video. But um, but yeah, festivals and, um, you know, Amazon Prime and trying to get it anywhere I can yeah. get it there. So. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to spread the word here, too. And if anybody's listening and you have connections, because that's the Northwest is so much about like one person knows somebody and then they know somebody. And that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's why I got the- all these interviews. Like I only knew like four people. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you got to talk to this person. Like, yeah, that person give me a number to this person. You know. Right. So, yeah. What's the maybe last the date? DIY. Yeah. Yeah. What's the last date on the Kickstarter? What's that? When does the Kickstarter close? Uh, I believe November 4th or 5th, sometime next week. Okay. 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 So, yeah. Pressure's on everybody. Gotta yeah. Get Pressure yeah. is on people. Support <laughs> DIY. Come on. Yeah. Keep everything alive. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I was thinking about the people in the documentary as well. Like, you got to remember, I, I think my brother was 14. Right. Like when Diddly Squat, again, lovely names too. Right. Eric's bands were Diddly Squat and then Christ on a Crutch. Right. Yeah. You can't beat that. No. You can't beat that. Um, and great players in all of those bands. And right. so, but yeah, he was, I remember when Eric started learning uh, drums, I think he was 13 and he would practice right below my bedroom oh, every nice. day, starting nice. at 3.30 for, <laughs> nice. until our stepdad got home and then it had to end. <laughs> Well, it's really cool because because Eric inspired so many people, so many yeah. drummers, and For in sure. turn, those drummers inspired so many people, you know, and it's, so forth. Yeah. And so, like, it's gone down from Eric to you know Isaac from Loudermilk and Able Nation, and Eric, or I mean uh, Isaac, you know, is inspired. Like those, um, they just played a show, Loudermilk and Ladybird and mm-hmm. Dustmoth played, and they had um, this local band called Wonderbad open up, which are really great. And they they loved Laudermilk. like they they were their inspiration, all this kind of stuff. And so like seeing them was like seeing the Stones to them, which is really cool. Wow! Because they even covered like a I think in their set they cover a, a Laudermilk song. So it's kind of a cool full circle. Oh yeah. Thing you know. Well, and I realized too the Tri Cities is I mean shows are running strong there, like at the Uptown and other places. Yeah. It's I know New Year's Eve. Other people are like. It seems like shows are 
are happening quite a bit. Am I wrong? Yes and, uh, yes and no. Like, um, yeah, the uptown once in a while. Uh, Dara over at the Emerald, she does a lot of awesome stuff over there. She puts on right. like really cool shows. She'll have like metal bands and like jazz and uh, all you know everything you want right. over there. So she does she does a really cool job over there. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of um, Blaine. He does a lot of metal shows, which is cool. He used to have uh, the uh, the Eagles um, Lodge. Right. And that was really awesome. And then they decided not to do music anymore. So he, he moved it to the, the Tin Hat. And he has awesome metal band shows there. But other than that, there's things here and there. But mm-hmm. there's nothing like, you know, the hoedown or the fairgrounds or, right. you know. Right. I was going to say, oh, yeah, fairgrounds and hoedown and all of that. I think cities, I mean, even Seattle struggling with, I mean, COVID and all of that, right. but it was struggling. I feel like before that closing down clubs, Yeah, you know, it was like there was a certain apex where it was a moneymaker and there were lots of clubs. And when things aren't at the same height, you know, right. people are like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a fewer venues and the people who are super passionate, keep it, you know, keep it going. Cause that's hard work. Yeah. That's thankless work. I feel like to run a venue, um, yeah. It's it's not it's not easy. Um, our good friend Pete Greenberg too, who has latent mm-hmm. print records, just you know talking to him about organizing shows and then running the show and all of that. I mean, he's a huge music lover as well, but it's such a passion project mm-hmm. to do. It's such yeah, a passion. It's not a money so. maker. Yeah. yeah, I've never yeah, considered owning a venue. No, so it's never no. crossed my no. mind. Oh my god, no! <laughs> Seems like no it could way. be fun, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so grateful for people who love music, right? Like yeah, who right. can also evangelize to others or remind them, like uh, that there is great music mm-hmm. um, happening, or like your documentary, like strong history mm-hmm. that people could reconnect to, um, and know, just know that, like, hey, a lot of great things have happened here, um, which means great things could happen again in my book. Right. Yeah. Well, two things on that is, is I think people don't realize how important venues are and, and shows are, because if, if you don't have any place for a band to play, music kind of dies. There's not going to be that next Elton John, Beatles, mm-hmm. Stones, Prince, whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's no band to get to the, to the, they, they can't play. And there was there was one band that said that he would be happy if he played a show and he just inspired somebody to play. And that guy blew up into somebody famous, you know. Right. So there's so many bands that inspire other bands to play that kind of keep that going. Um, Mm -hmm. I forgot the second thing I was going to say. I'm sure it's really smart. Wow. Total fail. Fail number nine thousand twenty. Man, that was a good fail. Wow, you're so good. So close. So close. Well, I love, um, I, and you know, I didn't, I wasn't doing music during that period. Mm-hmm. I, like I had gone off to college, so I really didn't start doing music until I was in Seattle, but it was nice to return like with Hammerbox and play shows, um, especially as a female, right? Like right. coming back, just knowing all the friends I had, you know, like girl, you know, girlfriends and in high school just to be a female who was leading something. Right. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was important, you know, to come back and, and be like, well, you could do this. You know what I mean? Like, come do this, right. jump in there. Just, you know, like you're saying, ask. Right. It's not like well, I had, I had no experience. <laughs> right. Well, it's always cool to see um, women singers in rock bands or, or full rock band 
uh, that are just all women. And that shouldn't be a thing. Like it right. should just, you know what I mean? It should just be but, a band. Yeah. Right. right. It just a band. Like, you know, the Wilson sisters, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it should be something like that. I don't know. It's, but mm-hmm. it is, it's like, it's cool. Like, um, maybe days was like the only band in my era that had a female lead singer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's because guys in the scene weren't allowing it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think anybody wanted to do it. I don't know. I could be mm-hmm. wrong on that, but because it seemed like everybody's pr- pretty supportive of everybody. Yeah. So I don't know what the, uh, why there isn't more. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's scary to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm going to go join something and get up in front of people. Right. Right. And so I don't, know that women are shyer i don't believe that's true shyer than anybody else um but for anyone it might be daunting like secretly you're dancing alone in your room and you love it but you're never going to do it for real life you know you're never really going to get out there and do it because it is daunting to get up in front of people like you were just saying with comedy or we were originally saying about playing shows and touring i mean you're choosing to go throw yourself up in front of people and hope they like you or that even if you do a good job, you're not, that's a very uncontrollable situation. Right. And I don't know how many people choose that. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Right. Yeah. Not easy at all. Not yeah. easy at all. But like you said, the nights when you're killing, mm. that's why. That's like yeah, your little you hit of heroin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same from a fan standpoint. Like you're saying, like yeah. people listen to music online. It's like I'll discover a new band or something on Spotify. And that's great. But it's such a different experience to like being there. And right. being mm-hmm. part of that energy is so different. And you're just like, I, I crave that all the time still. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that as a performer because the right. connecting is what I do like, like communing. Right. Mm-hmm. It gives it gives another avenue for purpose to what you're making. Right? right. Like, OK, I created this song. Here's the words. It comes from, you know, like I could just put it out there right. and never hear. But when you play a show, you've got someone right in front of you, either connecting, connecting immediately, either to the music, words, you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very powerful. Yeah. And seeing other people so. doing the same thing. So you're like, OK, I'm, right. not, I'm not a kook. Look at all these other kooks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I have, and I think people, I mean, hopefully, um, that doesn't go away where they just think they can just, oh, I'll just watch it on YouTube. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta yeah. be there. You gotta kind of feel it and just kind of be around it. And, you know, hopefully once this COVID thing goes away, there'll be more, oh my more shows. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. This having COVID pandemic happen has been quite the loop. Hasn't it? Just yeah. for everyone. That's, it's a, what I found really astonishing, astonishing or is huge was like, this has affected everyone, mm-hmm. you know, from the tiniest musician to the biggest musician, right? right? Like it's everyone. Um, everyone's feeling the clobber. Mm-hmm. And so even now, a, another level of the weird is, you know, as the year and a half, two years goes on, it's not something that's going to like go away overnight. And so just no. the trying to start and the stopping and the try is really also exhausting and, um, frustrating and, you know, just brings up all the host of other things. Um, it got it. It's quite the long road. So I'll, I will be like everyone else, extremely happy when it might, it might be two years from now I don't know. I know. when something feels normal again, yeah. uh, you I know, it on my birthday, which was awesome. You did. Yeah. I, oh I mean, God. I think I caught a couple of days before that, but I finally went to urgent care because I thought I had that like, strep throat. <gasps> Like, oh my nope, god! You got COVID. Oh no! Like oh awesome. nope! Oh awesome! <laughs> yeah. Well, you're still here. 
Yeah, I was lucky enough. We didn't. My wife got it too. So we we didn't have to go to the hospital, so we got lucky. We just basically slept for a week and a half. Oh my god! Had you been vaccinated? No, no. We were going to get vaccinated like a week before that, and we were in the process because we moved out of. We sold our house, moved into a rental before we bought this house, Uh and so it was that in between thing where like we should probably get vaccinated, and then like the following week, we both get (laughs) sick. So, wow. Well, that, isn't that scary? Did you feel yeah. scared? Oh, wow. Um, at that point, I didn't. But since then, there's been a couple of people either my age or like five years older that have died from it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that kind of freaked me out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to play a show last August and got exposed to COVID. And yeah. it, I, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, here, I've been isolated in a house yeah. pretty much for a year and a half. And the one night I go out. To a comedy show, no right. less. It's no joke. Yeah. It was no joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great show, though. It's right. Maria Bamford. I love her. Oh, yeah. Um, Maria's great. Oh. I've done shows with her. You have? Oh, my God. Yeah. I love her. She, Her and Jim Gaffigan. Well, oh, currently. Him too. That's what I. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maria Bamford wouldn't remember me because I did one like, show. Like, I was like, like before the opener in, in LA at the uh-huh. factory, but Gaffigan and I did a um, Gaffigan and I, I got open <laughs> up for Gaffigan at giggles like back in um, 2005. Was he, did you get me? was he nice? He was awesome. Like we're in the kitchen together and he's like, he tells me this joke. That's amazing. He's like, I don't know if it's funny or not. And I'm just giving him this. Was it a hot like, pocket? <laughs> no, no, I wish. No, this is, I can't remember what it was now, but it was hilarious. I'm like, of course it's hilarious. Like, you're like, no, it's terrible. Like I'll, I'll take it yeah. from you. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's terrible, Jim. Don't do that one. I'll go ahead Don't and take do it. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Literally, I go to sleep to either Maria Bamford or Jim Gaffigan at night. Yeah. Oh, nice. I have their audible, like whatever, and I will. it's on constant rotate yeah. um, because I need a chuckle. Like, everybody, <laughs> I need to laugh, man. But no, I, went, I had gone to her show. It was amazing. And then the woman I sat next to texted me the next day and was like, uh, I hate to tell you, but I tested positive for COVID. And wow. then I got ill. I, it freaked me out. Right. And I, it was a hard decision, like a decision I've never had to make. It, I had, I canceled the show. Um, or I backed out of the show and they just, right. you know, and so because when I was scared, I didn't, but then you realize as a performer or especially like a solo performer and you have mm-hmm. a band, how many people you're, I felt responsible for mm-hmm. like, Oh, my band, I'm going to expend bringing them into the room. And then I'm going to be the person people come to gather, hopefully to see. Right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And I also was like, I don't, I didn't, I don't want to do a show where people being regulated at the door and you have to wear a mask and we got to, right. you know, like that's not what I want to do. So that was weird though. I've never had to do that. I've never mm-hmm. had to, for that reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Potential illness can't do it. Yeah. It's, it's an unusual time, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. probably the best choice that you did. You can't really sing with your mask on, so yeah, that's so gross. Well, they were like, yeah. "Oh, you don't wear a mask." I'm like, "Okay, so hold on." Like, it's yeah. just all this quandary of like, so yeah. I might carry it, bring it into the room. And that's okay. Yeah, Screaming, scream and sing yeah. on the audience, get down right. close yeah, to them. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah get in as I face. like to do, I love mm-hmm. to spit. Yeah. yeah. Your style. That just didn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> so my style. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I love that. Oh my God, we got to get more into your comedy conversation too. Um, yeah, because yeah, it. Hope. 
it was funny because the weekend before, weekend after Gaffigan, I opened up for Daniel Tosh. And oh, yeah. a completely different thing. I'm like, yeah, wasn't the night. I don't know if it wasn't the nicest person, but just like he was doing Daniel Tosh all the time. Oh, no. It's like, we're not on stage. Can you yeah. not be a prick? <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, so, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. It's like if you meet a musician that you love and you right. find out they're a dick, it's just the worst. Right. Funny it's thing so... uh, on Gene Simmons. I got to meet Gene Simmons. What? Oh, wow. Do you know Craig Gass? No, I don't think so. You know, he's a he's a fascinating dude. He's a comic, really funny comic. And he knows like everybody. Like he's a uh, does amazing, uh, amazing impressions and super uh-huh. cool dude. But anyway, um, he, Kiss came to town four years ago to tra- play Trey Cities. Uh-huh. It was 2016, and Craig came to town because he's friends with the guys, and he was going to do a show at the pub. And um, so he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, do you want?" Um, and I got tickets to the show. I was like, "Do you want to uh, go before the show and go to the meet and greet and just hang out?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And so Gene Simmons was my guy like, my whole life, and so um, I had all these cool stories I was going to tell him. Like Gene and I are the best <laughs> friends. <laughs> and because we have a mutual friend in LA, it's like, oh my God, we're just probably be texting and stuff. <laughs> and so I finally get the chance to meet Gene, super nice guy. And I just freeze. Like, I never get starstruck. I just kind of freeze. And he tells me right. a joke about Jesus and something else. And he signs my lanyard and takes a picture, just super cool. And then uh-huh. he just kind of walks away. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, no. I, I had stories. <laughs> We're going to be we're, friends. We're going to be best friends. Wait. Best friends. Delayed See? reaction. So yes. that looks really smooth, too, when you're yeah. like, Ugh. hey, guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome, though. Those are great stories. Yeah. I love those stories. I'm excited. Now, I, I have a feeling you have more films that are coming down the bike. Maybe with these. Uh, maybe you need to do a, a comedian behind the scenes thing. And you can take it. That. And there's a couple other documentary ideas I've had after after doing this and meeting people. And because I love to people watch and I just find mm. uh, regular people fascinating as far yes. as um, like when I did a show in um, I think it was Bozeman, Montana or somewhere in Montana. There was this table, super nice people. They laughed at all my stuff and um, they talked to me after the show. I was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but we uh, we practice uh medieval century fighting or whatever nice. and i'm like because like, yeah, i had it nice. yeah i had to go i had to go to the mouse in the town the next night or next day but so i couldn't do it I was like god that'd be awesome yeah oh like, yeah these people do battle in some park or whatever so although i have oh heard people god. that use like real swords and real suits of armor and i'm like oh no i don't want to have any part of that but yeah no <laughs> uh, that's a whole documentary i want to see that yeah, yeah. larping yeah yeah. 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 I love that. I'm like you. I love to people watch. Like mm-hmm. I'm a watcher by nature. Um, <laughs> there's things I love about people. There's things I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm excited for uh, for this to come out, too. And we're going to put a link and uh, spread the news around, too, about contributing because um, it's worthy cause. And it's cool. a great um, I think it's just a great example of a reminder of DIY and all of that. Um, plus I'm always happy when other people succeed as well. Like your right. friend, you know, it makes it feel like things are possible. That's, That's right. how I look yeah. at it. And, so and one last thing on this thing, it's, I'm, I'm making sure that the way I cut it together, it's not just a, um, 
inside story. Like you had to be in Tri Cities to understand the story. Yeah. I wanted to be a small town Indiana kid, music scene. He he relates to it, or over in Kentucky, she relates to it. You know, it's yeah. more of a small town music scene right. story. That's cool. <clears throat> So. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, because yeah. that's true, right? Yeah. Like, like we live so close to Seattle, so that's like I'm sure people are interested. Like, everybody knows Seattle, so mm-hmm. you know what's going on over here. So, right, mm-hmm. right, and just how? Uh, yeah, exactly. I love that. I think yeah. that's needed in the world too. Yeah. So, thank you for that. And I also can't wait to like work on other videos with you. That's coming, people. Yeah, I'm uh, doing more music video. I had to I had to stop music videos because otherwise I wasn't going to get this documentary done so i've had people like ask me like hey let's do a music video i was like i can't like i gotta wait i can't till, I, can't. I gotta wait till 2022 because otherwise i mean it's a good problem to have because otherwise i won't i won't finish this thing so right but yeah definitely i have some ideas for some of your songs song. can't wait we'll put links to that so tony worked on did the video for um ocean and for um wrestle it out on passage and what i thought was cool about this and i feel like i haven't com- we haven't completed the triptych yeah. either yeah. is that we used one actress mm-hmm. that you found i mean you yeah. put everything together but i loved i was like i want a triptych and i want someone else to play the role of the person in this i don't want to be in yeah. it you know right. um and so i just loved that idea and i loved the video so we'll put links to those because i want people to see those they're really they're really cool yeah, they turned out pretty good. It's it's hard for me to gauge after when I edit it because I see it a thousand times, so I get kind of <laughs> like blind to it. But I was watching them today. I was like, you know, those turned out pretty good. I really yeah. Well, and it's a fantasy of mine to have more videos because I'm a really visual person, right. but I don't know how to do what you do. And so it was yeah. really a pleasure to get a partner with someone. It's something I kind of always dream of is having partners to help you know like get what's in your head out, but also. Right partner with an artist so they can do what they do well so right. that, that's always a pleasure for me so I, I definitely would love to share that with people um and i love talking to you i love talking to you about it we should do this more often right yeah, yeah. it will you will have to do maybe you could dress up as your stepdad thing <laughs> i could do that that'll be my next campaign you know oh yeah yeah you can buy my stepdad book on amazon that's right yeah yeah tony does a whole stepdad thing go yeah. go see right the, i love that as well stepdad book yeah. Yes. Yes. I just saw one of your jokes out there too. And I was like, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much. Thank you and very much. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Appreciate and it. I will talk to you soon and we will spread the word. Great. Awesome. Excellent. Bye, hon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.